0: looks at you and you see a corner of the the mouth where the mask is, you know, twitch a little bit. And usually what's a very controlled face, you see just for a moment crack and you can't read what emotion it is, but just where usually there's this placid or, uh, like I said, controlled expression, you see it break just for a moment. And present looks at you and nods their head. Yes, perhaps I should have been more attentive, but perhaps you should have been more patient as well. I know how difficult it is for you to Interact for you to understand or empathize with others. But did you not find that here? Did you not find that with her? You so easily dismissed these rebels as beneath you, as pedantic, as shallow and base, that you would not find the Camaraderie with them. Being so self-absorbed. Perhaps, perhaps the madness of your power would not let go, no no matter how long we waited. And I agree cannot stay here, but also I will not send you home. You are exiled. (laughs) And present just seems to take a moment like they're wrestling with their decision. see them kind of shift weight back and forth. This is the most like human emotions that you've You've really seen from them. Um, I mean, you've, you've felt them emote these things before, but it seems like they're really kind of wrestling with, with this decision. And they nod their head. Yes. Exile. Farewell, Fergus. Puppeteer. And they raise their hands towards you and in this diamond shape and you feel this just oppressive force against you and you lash out with everything you have and you can see the close of present uh, slightly uh, ruffled, slightly moved. You just can't get anything with your telepathy or, or, or data link. There's just this iron wall that's there. But you just feel this force start to tighten and, and close around you against your form and it, compresses you to the point where you can't move and you're still staring at present in this space. They start to turn away from you and stop about three quarters of the way and look back and you see a, a look of sadness on their face They just raise a hand up towards you. And extend their palm, and you just feel yourself just pushed, and you're passed through a couple ships and through walls and through buildings and everything. You can't see because this is all coming from behind you, and slowly you, you're you're turned around, and this is faster even than you can fly, um, and you see in blinks and blurs just. Uh, some landmarks that you've become kind of familiar with this this uh, singular uh, tall mountain these these trees that are just you know enormous they almost scrape the sky and you're flying by them and you know what direction you're heading towards it's it's towards her it's towards the uh, the, the earth lady the earth mother and you know you're heading towards the one of the edges the you know of of never win, and you time almost seems to slow as you get by where she's at and she's actually formed out of the ground and you can see her track you and she begins to raise a hand you can tell you know that time has slowed because she's she's moving and incredible slow motion and this look of horror is on her face and you feel Groof. you feel your as you're as you've turned you've got your head cocked to the side and you you feel this yourself hit the wall of never win psychically you scream out cuz there's there's no, no lungs to speak of, uh, which is a, a real quick point. You were able to generate sound through your telekinesis through, through moving air. It's something that you've practiced, so you can have the facsimile of, of physically speaking, but you are pushed through this wall, and it's just the pain is as bad as when you were in the, the cell and you're you're pushed through this wall through this strange force unlike anything you've ever felt before and when you just think you can't bear it any longer it's gone and you're in this white nothingness this void turn around and there's a small speck behind you, you kind of squint and you look very closely and you think you can see maybe small details of buildings or something, maybe some greenery, some different spots of different other things. but. You hear this terrible sound can't you're you can't fathom what it actually sounds like but it's something that just tears at your the very fabric of of what you are of who you are and even though mechanically you have fearless this this bypasses to, to just utter terror uh, in the in the lizard part of your brain, which I know this may be semantics between fear and terror, but it's just something primal within you, and you just have to get away from it. Uh, you don't know where it's coming from, but you just start to, to flee as fast as you can. But the immensity of this, you you can't see anything you look around wildly but there's nothing there but you can just feel this oppressive presence coming into you and or coming at you not coming into you but but just coming at you so uh, that's that's where Fergus is at he is banished into the ...in-between
1: space of time. Fergus remembers... ...everything he can... ...about science. He's thinking about... ...where he could possibly be, how how he could get any kind of grip on this situation that he's found himself in. He's thinking about this sound he's experiencing. And the way he tries to make sense of it is if there's a sound that means there's air or something like air, because sound is pressure that travels through the air, there's some kind of vibration that his ears are picking up, which means that there's something for it to vibrate through. Now, of course, he doesn't really have ears, but he's just going to conveniently forget that fact for a moment because he has to give himself something to get a handle on. And if, there's, if there is some sort of medium, if there's air, if there's pressure, then there's maybe something he can get a hold on physically. There being air means there's like some sort of world. Some sort of tangible thing. So, basically, he's gonna reach out and see if he can use his telekinesis to make the sound stop. Um, Let's start there. Let's see what happens there. So, if he can then he'll reach out with his mental senses and see what else he could possibly get a hold on. He wants to make some sort of reference point, some sort of anchor for himself, so he would... Sort of like how he was with the data link. uh, How he was searching in the um, quarantine area for just, like, any minute trace of a system he could use. He's going to do something similar. Try and find any amount of matter no matter how small, and try and draw more and more of it toward himself until he can approximate some kind of structure. If he can't make the sound stop that way, then he'll try to imagine that the sound is a mental phenomenon, that it's something that something is thinking and he'll try and reach out and find the mind that's behind it. So, I'm gonna branch off further from there. If he tries that, and he finds there is some sort of consciousness here, then the first thing he'll do is use telepathy to try to communicate with it, because if there's anything out here on this scale, it's surely not something that he can dominate. He would be very, very, very surprised if that were the case. If he reaches out for a mind and finds that there's nothing there which is more in line with what he expects, then he's just gonna do his best to settle, settle to like sit, in a sense, to be seated, and so far as that's possible, and by going back to sort of first principles, try and figure out where, when, etc., he is. So basically, the first if-then is if he can make the sound stop with telekinesis. If he can't, then it goes to the mental one. If the mental one finds that there's nothing there for him to communicate with, then he just sits down and thinks really, 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 really hard.